Oda, 30 feet away. Jumper in the air. He's got it! Lamar Odom has won it for Rhode Island! In traffic, off-balance shot. Thank you! Jared Terrell in Rhode Island has done it in the final five seconds on a circus shot from Jared Terrell. A career-high night for him and a victory for Rhode Island. Look it up, Dutton. Run out, Rowdy, look out! Oh, steal by Vance Russell off of Young. Three. Don't do it to him like that, Vance. Dribbles into the forecourt. Iverson going up. He dunks it home as the buzzer sounds. And Rody, the 8-10 champs. All right, Rody Baseline fans, welcome to the greatest month in all of college sports. And that is March Madness. And we are lucky enough to be Dancing with our women's team, and we're joined by the head coach of the Roadie Rams, Tammy Reese. Thank you very much for joining us, Coach. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me again. With us dancing and March Madness as a whole, obviously we wish Roadie was dancing in the big dance. But from an A-10 perspective, what having two teams in it, is that, that's got to be massive for the conference and helps Rhode Island as a whole too. You know, the whole goal this year was – we made a pact as head coaches to, to try to play the toughest schedule we possibly could and still win games. You know, you don't want to over schedule, um, but, but really give us a shot at, at having multiple net teams in the top 50 or 60. And I think when it was all said and done towards the end, we had, I think four teams that had really nice nets. And I think that gave us that two bid league. Now, depending on if it was UMass or us or Fordham, how far you went in the tournament and who won the tournament would depend on what two teams got in. So it really came down, I believe, to the end, the A-10 tournament and, you know, what two teams were going to get in. But having two is a huge kudo to, to our league. And now consistently, can we build on that? Like our men have, you know, recruiting well, getting great players in so you can schedule hard and put a multi-bid league together where maybe now we go from two consistently to three. And that's the goal. That's, that's what us as head coaches have agreed upon. And I think that goes to show, I think Dayton last night just showed, I personally, watching Dayton last night and watching Dayton this year, I don't think Dayton deserved to be in that game last night. They, the Paul's a great team and they shot the lights out last night. And I personally think Dayton, I have Dayton going to Sweet 16 in my women's bracket, so I think Dayton should have not been last night, and it. I think that shows the country that the A-10 is on the rise, and I think UMass is going to shock a lot of people this weekend too. Well, you know, I think – I really don't think we got the credit we deserve this year. You know, everyone talks – you know, when you talk under the BCS conferences, Big East, A-10, and, you know, people were saying, oh, the Big East should get three or four in, and a lot of us A-10 played Big East – and we beat them in the beginning of the year. And so, you know, I, I wasn't surprised last night at all. And, you know, March Madness is really matchups. It's styles of play. And I, I was scared for DePaul last night because I don't think the, you know, DePaul loves to run and, and shoot and gun threes, but they don't like to play defense. And in order to beat Dayton, mm. you have to guard them because they can really shoot and they love to score. They really don't want to get in a knockout, drag out defensive right. battle with teams. They want a, a free flowing offensive game. And so 
I picked Dayton last night because I knew if God, if they came out and they shot the ball well, they were going to have open looks all night, and they did. And Dayton also has a size in the middle where they can just kick it out. It's just I think Dayton's going to surprise a lot of people going into this. But that also leads us into not only URI as a whole, but women's basketball. In my opinion, this season, I think it women's basketball is just taking that next step, and it's so great to see. I think you can look right at the Ryan Center as a perfect example of that. I remember at the beginning of the year, you could hear a pin drop in the Ryan Center. Gary and I were yelling at the free throw shooters, and they could probably hear us perfectly fine. And then that last game against Fordham, all the courtside seats were out. I just want to know what you think of the and going down to Delaware, all the fans that were there, not just roadie fans, but watching that tournament all weekend. I think the amount of fans and the support that these women are getting isn't great. And just watching women's college basketball, like the selection show on Sunday, I've never seen a women's selection show on ESPN. And it's awesome to see. Well, they have it every year. You know, it's usually not on Sunday. It used to be, you know, on Monday, but it is a, a, a testament to, you know, when you win, you know, fans don't, true fans will come regardless. And, and I call them true fans because they stick with you through thick and thin. They're there from the beginning. They're the builders, right? They come during those horrible seasons when you're losing and they never, they never lose course. They never lose faith. They don't jump off the bandwagon. So we had those when we first came here. And I'm so I've got very good relationships with those people because they were part of us when we weren't winning and you, you never lose those people. Now, when you start winning, that's when people take notice and everyone really does want to be a part of winners. And so to watch our fan base grow as we grew, our team grew, especially the Fordham game and the last Dayton game, and then everyone that made their way down to um, Delaware for the A-10 tournament. It was an incredible sight to see. And I, I was so thankful for it I, to no end. Now, when, and I, I try to impress this upon our, our players, when you have that following come out, it really, you got to put an effort that you haven't put out before. And I don't think they understand yet. Us as coaches understand, like to keep them coming, you can't keep, not performing or not playing or not winning because those people will go away because they don't want to be a part. Hey, we keep coming out and they keep losing. So with that comes a responsibility that you understand that. Yeah. As long as we play well and we compete, people will be like, wow, this product's good. We may drop a few, we may win a few, but you've got to put a good product on the floor that people are proud of. And I think this year we have, we've put a product on the floor that, these fans probably haven't seen for a while. And so from the bottom of our heart, we're very thankful, very, very thankful. And then in general, women's basketball, the parody is starting to come. You haven't seen UConn win a national championship in a couple of years now. <laughs> um, you're starting to see some other programs get some really, really good players and flourish. You're starting to see teams that haven't won in a long time suddenly start winning that is what men's basketball has had all along parody and we have not certain top kids in our country recruiting wise have gone to the same blue bloods and suddenly now for whatever reason they've decided i want to make my own mark we're going to go here and we're going to make this 
a blue blood. And so that's what's made women's basketball very much more exciting and very, very interesting. To follow up on that, if there was one thing you would say that the women's basketball program as a whole, just like in the whole country, would need to work on to take that next step to become even bigger than it already is, what would you say that would be? You know, offense, offensive scoring at a high level. Uh, men, you know, we don't play above the rim. You know, athleticism's getting better, but no one wants to see a knockout drag out, you know, 38 to 42 point game. You see that in middle school. And so getting where it's a little bit more scoring, higher level skill work a little bit. And so, you know, that's what I'd say is, is offensive skills to no end because we can't fly and dunk everything. Your skill level's got to be at an all time high to be able to, to, to score at rapid. It's not that easy. We miss a lot of layups, you know, things of that nature, turnovers, if we could clean our game up a little bit more offensively, I, I think it would be a, a much more exciting game. Now, obviously, uh, switching gears a little bit, you brought this up, the uh, amount of fans that came out for the uh, Atlantic 10 Women's Tournament. You know, just as a whole, uh, a bunch of URI fans, myself and Andrew, uh, screaming at the top of our lungs in Delaware as well. You know, how did the the team go through with resetting you know, after a tough loss in Delaware and then coming back and now getting ready for the NIT game happening later on today. You know, it was actually, we had to reset twice. We, we put so much into the regular season to try to win the regular season and it came down to the last game. And so the kids were really devastated the last game. So we had to reset for the A-10 tourney. And I don't think they shook it. I don't think we, we had enough time between that they truly got that, that we call it the yuck, the hurt off them. We tried our best to get them refocused. It's a new season. But, you know, sometimes when you're dealing with pain, it's not as easy. And unless you've been an athlete and you had devastating losses, you never know how they're going to deal with it. And so we tried to get them to shake it off because it's another conference championship opportunity. And then, you know, I think they wanted it so bad that we, we had that week layoff you know, five, seven day layoff with the double buy that we came out extremely tight problem scoring again. And uh, it snowballed into, you know, St. Joe's was playing well. They got the game before us. They had the momentum and had that game been two or three minutes longer. I think we would have caught them. But again, that now you got to reset a third time. And, and when I mean, they were really hurt. At the A-10 tournament, they were now you had back to back hurts. (laughs) It's now it's you're trying to reset them again and they don't go to the NCAAs. Now you got to get them excited for the WNIT. And so it's just about right now was getting a smile on their face, giving them some joy to play and have fun and try to reset. We're just playing this one game. Let's go out and play, have a good time together, enjoy each other and get to redeem ourselves on the court and have fun doing it. And so it's, you hit it on the head. It's getting that, that mentality back of, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's not, we got to have fun with this. And this is the most exciting time of the year. Enjoy the madness and let that pain go. The past is the past. You can't do anything about it. Let's enjoy the present moment about first time hosting WNIT um, only second time postseason. And so there's a lot of things to be celebrated. And let's give our fans that that last hurrah 
um, let's do it. And so that's kind of been our mentality is regrouping for this third time. Now, do you think the week off that you had leading into the selection show in this week, uh, this second week to prepare for the game makes it easier for the players to reset? Or do you do you think they want to get back on the court as fast as possible? No, I think they needed a little time. I do. I think, you know, to come off something devastated, you know, you always say work on yourself, get your mind right. When you break up and you have a heart, you know, you're breaking up with someone, you don't jump right back in the pool and date the next day. You're heartbroken. You got to work on yourself. You got to get your mind right before you can, you can really, you know, punch the task at hand. And I think they needed some time. I gave them, we gave them some days off um, about four days to, to regroup, to let their bodies heal, but, but more importantly, let their hearts and their minds heal and then bring them back and try to regroup them. Cause there, we had plenty of practice days. This is, we've had a long break from the A-10 tourney to now. And so you, you had to give them some time off. Now, obviously with uh, the women's NID being announced on Monday, you know, Quinnipiac being the opponent tonight, what is the, the buzz now, you know, in practice, how are you getting, the girls ready for this game and, and what does Quinnipiac bring that you guys need to, to focus on to, to make it a, a great game and, and come out with the win? You know, we're focused on us. There's a glaring stat. And we tell our team all the time is rebounding. When we don't win the rebounding, we lose the game. And so it's not anything different other than competing at the highest level with energy, which sometimes I, I, I thought at times, for whatever reason, we did not. Number two is when we've got to win the rebounding margin. We have to, we have to. And then number three is take care of the ball. So those are the things we always focus on us. If we're going to come out and be successful and have a chance at winning the game. And then to know about Quinnipiac, they are a blue collar, a lot like St. Joe's hard nosed team that play very hard and they execute together. It's not so much you know, one kid dominates and she takes all the, it is, it is a, a committee. They, they win by committee. Um, they do have two very good players, but they all know the roles and they're, they're well coached and they play extremely hard, very physical team and they love to rebound. So it'll be very interesting. Who's going to win that rebounding margin. I, I really truly, truly believe that lends itself to who's going to be more, most successful. You were probably a lot like Ed Cooley in his press conference on Sunday about uh, as soon as you found out it was Quimpiac, you probably watched as much game film as you could get on Quimpiac. <laughs> so I've watched them a lot. I see. I watch basketball all year long. You know, people have the misconception of I love basketball. So I do my scout. I watch my scout. I have great assistants. We take care of our business. But then I'm constantly watching all year. You You must be. Because those, a lot of those kids are going to be in the portal in about two weeks. I don't, a lot of times I don't need to do any research. I've watched five or six games on them. I know them inside now. I know every conference. I watch MEAC, I watch MAC, ACC, SEC, Pac-12, Big East. You know, I, I've seen some teams, I watch Prov Men maybe four or five, six times this year. I love basketball. And so I watch as much as how I learn. I steal a little bit from everybody. I'll see some great late, late games you see. So it isn't just my scout or I'm preparing. Once I'm done preparing, I'm watching as much basketball as I possibly can. So I've watched Quinnipiac probably three times this year, besides now the game film I'm scouting. But 
So it's, you know, it, it makes it easier for me in the end when we start hitting this portal, when we're, we're not having to go. And I, the two or three kids that, you know, hit the portal, I go, oh my God, yes, I have to, we have to right now make the phone call. And so, yeah, I've, I've been watching Quinnipiac now, man, probably three times before we're even going to play them. And then you, of course you watch as much film as you possibly can after the fact, but I've also watched, we've played Maine that, you know, going down, I Boston college, we've scrimmaged in the beginning of the season. So I, I love the fact that, you know, I, I just, I love watching basketball. It's all I do during basketball season. Yeah. Everybody laughs at me for loving basketball as much as I am from noon today till midnight tonight, noon today, midnight, this whole four days, I cleared my entire schedule. My butt is going to be on my couch. I got three TV screens ready to go. It's, there's just nothing that beats college basketball. But uh, as we move on, and obviously Quimpiac is the task at hand on Friday, but and the obvious answer is winning the whole thing. What are your other hopes and aspirations to get out of the end, be participating in the WNIT over the next few weeks? The, the first one is the focus on one game at a time. You know, it really for us, it, it is, you know, obviously your goal is you, you want to win the tournament, but you must take it one game at a time and it happens so quickly. And so, yes, you know, your bracket and who's next, but the real message to our team is just enjoy the moment you're in truly enjoy it. Don't it's it's let's be right here in this moment for 40 minutes. And then the second part of it is it's a great catalyst for next year for our younger kids. So, you know, I'm hoping they each get a chance to take the court and get some time because it is postseason is different preparation, the excitement. And, and this is the next stepping stone. Eventually it's NCAAs and, and, but this is a great catalyst for us. And I want our kids to enjoy it because this is what postseason feels like. And it's a different bear. So you're going to get a taste of teams get really excited and play really hard. The teams who want to be here with energy and play hard are the teams that advance. It's much like conference tournaments. So you have to have a different energy. It's not like the regular season. The regular season is a grind. It can be a grind. And once you get a losing record, some teams lay down because, but once the the win losses go out the door and it's zero, zero. Suddenly teams get rejuvenated. You've got to be ready for that punch. And so I hope it's a great learning lesson for our team. What postseason supposed to be, what you need to bring to be successful in the postseason. Now, obviously you were, you were talking a couple minutes ago about watching college basketball and keeping an eye out when the transfer portal comes out you know, in about two weeks or so, et cetera. What is the, the future look like with replacing uh, five seniors on this team? Uh, obviously when, when things, you know, end. obviously if that's whenever that may be, but just replacing those five seniors that have made such a huge impact on your team. Well, it's with what our current recruits coming in on the 22 class. And then the kids that we redshirted, the you know, the kids that are part of our team now, and then the pieces you add from the portal. Now we've been in the portal for th- two weeks, three weeks. Now it is jumping. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of kids in the portal and it's nowhere near what it's going to be in the next week and then two weeks. And so it's roster management. It's like you're a GM. And again, we've been assessing our needs for, for a very long time. You know, exactly what you're losing. 
you know what position, you have your depth charts, it's no different than the pros. And we're going to find those pieces we need and the portal and what we need, the glaring areas of improvement to be successful next year. Um, our 22 and 23 class, much like our first two years here, there are two building classes again that they'll be together for a very long time and they're very talented. One class is post heavy. The 23 class is guard heavy because we just couldn't find what we wanted in the 23 class, 22 class with guards, but we found them in the 23 very early. We already have our commits. And so again, and now it's piecing from the transfer portal, what you need to be successful and win right away while we're building, because this is again, sustaining, you know, contending for eight, 10 championships every year. And so that's, that's what we've done, you know, over the course of the 22 and 23 season. Now you use the portal to fill in those gaps um, of what you need uh, to be successful. And so I pray again this year, we have as much success as we did last year with filling in those gaps. But right now we're, we're talking to, you know, quite a few young women um, and getting to, to know them and relationship winning with them and see if they fit us and we fit them. And then, um, you know, we'll pull the trigger. How many scholarships do we have open for next season? We're right around four. Four, four okay. Five. Yes. That's um, a good number. Yeah, we haven't announced all our, our commits yet. You know, there's there's things that that we just hold behind the scenes. We really do until it's time that that we actually sign. Some haven't signed their NILs until April, especially our Europeans. They're you know they wait, but we've we've gotten the commits behind the scenes, the verbals. So you can't announce anything right. until they actually sign their NILs. But we do have some some kids that that are coming. They just have to wait till April until um, uh, the final period. The COVID eligibility thing if i remember correctly that's pretty much over with right with majority of the kids that we have now some kids have that extra covid year if they wanted it uh, you know the the thing we do here at rhode island is if you have great pro offers if your agent has sustained you know great offers in europe and you can't pass them up i don't beg i don't keep kids here for another year um i wouldn't do you don't do that you right. don't see anyone in Kentucky doesn't do it. Duke doesn't do it. And that's NBA. But for us, the big money is over in Europe. For most women, the jobs are in Europe. Not everyone's going to make the WNBA here or even a training camp. And so we, we, we build this like an academy. They have goals. Our players have goals is to become a pro. A lot of them in the Euroleagues. And so when the time comes, even though they may have one more year, Manu came back for a year. She chose to come back. Although she had, you know, she, there was offers on the table last year. I think that extra year, she, she has better offers, more money. Um, and so I will never tell a kid go, when it's time for them to go and they have that waiting for them. Um, and that's what they want to do. That, that's what they do. And we'll always have kids underneath them ready to step in and, and fill their role and become the next Manu or the next MP or the next Desi. Um, and so that, that's kind of, our philosophy here is if they have the ability, even though they may have a COVID year, it's, they can go, it's time to go. It's time to go, you know, get paid and become a pro and, and start your next journey. Would you, I know we still have a few weeks to go and I hate harping on it, but this season going into it in the past of this program, it's hard to believe we've been so successful. 
would you have considered this season up to this point a success or like with some fit, like how would you have carried, if you were to give yourself a, the team and yourself a, a grade for this year, what would you have give yourselves? Oh, of course it's a success. Anytime you have a winning culture, anytime you're competing for a championship. And again, even though my expectations are very high, I wanted a championship. That's what we go for. That's going to be our standard. It's what we strive for. However, you, you also have to enjoy the journey as you go of success. Um, and this team, it came to the last game, the last game for a championship, a regular season championship in three years. Um, the turnaround, has, they have done that. And so, of course, I see this year as a success because we did exactly what we wanted to do play for a championship and we did. And so, yes, it's successful. Now you can add the, cause every kid will say this, I'm disappointed because I wanted to win. And if they didn't say that, Oh no, we're successful. Listen, it's, we were built. No, no. Then you're not a competitor. Yes. My heart hurts because I'm disappointed. I think I wanted, we wanted to be champions. And so that's what drives me to work harder for next year, but be better at everything I do because I want to be a champion, but it doesn't diminish anything. This special group of young women did this year. There's so many firsts. I can't list them all. And that in itself is a success. They need, they need to be recognized for that appreciated. I will never forget this team. I won't because they set the standard. They've brought the program to a whole nother level. That in, in itself, that's success. That's pioneering. And they're setting the table. So eventually one day when we host that trophy above our heads, I'm going to remember this team. I'm going to thank this team. You can mark my words because they started pounding on the door. They came when no one else believed. You always have to start somewhere. And Getting through the hard is what makes it great. And right now we're, we're bumping up against the hard. We're right there. And you don't lay down and say, ah, oh, we, it wasn't a success. We didn't achieve our Sorry. goal. We're losers. Never say that. You know, Th this team has been one of the most successful teams in the history of the program. I appreciate that. And so, you know, that's how I answer that question. Yes, we're successful. We were disappointed because that's how high our expectations and our goals were this year. We put, we put a lot on ourselves because we wanted it. We wanted it very badly. But these kids are all successes. Love them to death. I'm just saying, I know people are listening on the podcast, but the smile that I, that's on your face right now and the smile that's on my face is, is just palpable just because of the successes of this team and the ability to reach somewhere that we haven't reached in a very long time and just everything is, is great on this team. I'll, you know, I'll... I tell my, I tell my, you know, there's fans all the time, you know, when you're successful and then you lose, you know, you may lose a championship and they get really upset and, the, and they start, you know, attacking or they, they fall off the bandwagon or whatever reason. And that, I need, I remind people all the time because I'm a fan. I'm a Laker fan. 
<laughs> right? But I'm a true fan. I stay with them through thick and thin because they're my Lakers. And no one wants, you think the Lakers want to lose right now? You think they want to put that product? There's, there's reasons why. And so that's why I tell support your team. No one wants to win more than the coaches and the kids. They may be going through something right now, but that's where the team was devastated when we lost. And I mean, if, if fans could be in that locker room, they would not, they wouldn't say the things they say. They wouldn't, they just simply support the kids. Um, you can attack coaches all you want. Cause I get paid for that. Bring it on. You should attack me. Give me a better scenario. Go ahead and do all that. Players never want to lose games. They don't go, Oh, I'm going to dribble this ball off my foot in the last second. And that's what I, I meant to know. No, they made a mistake. They're human. They're kids. And so they need to be supported to, to the umpteenth as a fan. They need that, right? They're, they're hard enough on themselves. You can tack me all you want. I get paid for it. My last question about this whole topic. If you would have said three years ago when you took over this program, and it's hard to believe it's been three years, would you characterize this on track ahead of where you thought the program would be and just how much progress this program has made in the three years? I definitely would say we were ahead of, I thought, you know, where this program was, I thought it'd take a while to be able to even attract some talent in here. Now I knew what we were bringing with us, but to get American talent, American kids, not international, to come to a losing program, they just don't want to do it. They, they don't, they, most kids want to go where they already have a shot to win. And so I thought it maybe be four years for, and God forbid, I had no idea COVID was coming. So to even get through that is a testament to the kids. It really is kids that came somewhere that was at an all time low and they were good players. They chose us over really good schools. Um, when you're losing, not just losing, you're in second to last place, third place, last place, and everyone's telling them, don't go there. They stink. And so I thought four years. So I, in answer to that, we're about a year and a half ahead of where I thought we'd be. And then to give us a grade this year, I'd say maybe A minus, B plus. I wish I was an A minus student. <laughs> I'd say an A minus in how we went about our season in a season, the whole season, right? From start to finish. I thought we were A minus, right? Now, if you say, how do you rank yourselves big games towards the end of the season right now? I give us a B, B plus. And, you know, we've dropped off a little bit in, in the big moments. And so I'm just being frank and I'm being blunt because when you, recognize that as a coach, you get better. Why are we do? Why are we dropping off? Why are we not raising our, am I peaking them too early, putting too much emphasis on regular season? And so you reevaluate next year. How do we do it psychologically for our kids? And then how do I get my kids mentally at a different level for that? You know, I'm at a different level for that, but I don't play the game. How do I get our team to rise to that challenge. And that's my job as a coach. And so from that standpoint, 
you know, right now towards the end of the season, I think we had a little drop off and I, I think we're going to be plus, you know, B right around there. Hopefully in this WNIT, we get back to that A minus. <laughs> a couple of years ago, you were the new coach on campus. What is one piece of advice you would give to the new men's coach? And where's the first place in Kingston they need to go to eat when they come, when they finally come in? Uh, all right. Well, the first place they can eat, because because this is one of my favorite, and I have a lot of, because I live up in East Greenwich. So any restaurant on Main Street in East Greenwich, you, you're not going to have any problem. However, when I came here, my the where I got taken and where I took a lot of my recruits that I first signed on the water in Newport was Bowen's 22. Best steak? Oh, my God. So that's where I started taking all our recruits. And that's how I got Manu. She <laughs> fell in love with the, the dessert and the meal. We were on the water. Newport was gorgeous. So I'd say Bowen's 22 in Newport. And then the one piece of advice coming here is, is just put your head down and every aspect of your program, you know, everyone sees us X and O's. That's probably the least I do from a coaching standpoint. It's everything else when you're building that foundation from the ground up. And a men's, most of the men's coaches, I think they're targeting, won't have a problem with that because they've done it before. But here in Kingston, just every piece of your program, how you want it run with every department, who you are, from marketing to compliance to you know, donor support to you know, academic advising, how do you want your program run? And getting everyone on that same page. Um, and then your program goes in one direction. And your kids get touched by everyone in the same way. Um, and that's the expectation. And I think who I am when I first came in here was, I, I tell my kids this all the time. I don't tolerate mediocrity. I don't. In anything you do, whether it be in the community, whether it be in the classroom, whether it be in your relationship, whether it be on the court, I don't, it's not, I'm not a mediocre person. I'm not. And, and so I expect that from every department at Rhode Island, even the classroom, our professors, our teachers, let's be the best we can be in everything we do from a championship culture. And that's how I think you grow anything you want and you elevate it at any level is that's the expectation. And I think that's, that's, I think that's why our program has elevated itself. People that I work with on a daily basis, they work at that level. And so I appreciate that to no end at URI now. Um, I do. Uh, and they work so hard for us that I got to do my job now because they've elevated their jobs and every equipment manager, everybody now is, is operating at a high level everyone that touches our program and I can't thank them enough for what the jobs they did this year with our team. Everyone who touched our team raised their, their bar tremendously. And I am so appreciated to that. And that's why I love Rhode Island. Thank you so much for joining us coach. And I look forward to having something to do tomorrow night. And I, I can't say this enough as a alum of URI, it really means a lot what you've done for the school and the program as a whole. And, I know it probably sounds like a, I, one of those things, but it really does mean a lot as somebody who's found the sports at URI is like, was my thing. I know everybody has their thing. 
and it really does mean a lot that the women's program is going to get it's turned around. And I know that sounded really sentimental and sappy, but it was true. <laughs> well, thank you so much, you know, and that, you know, it's people like you that, that, um, you know, appreciate the, the girls and, and they love it. And, you know, I'm just, again, it's people who love Rhode Island that uh, you have pride and, and that's what sports is. It connects. It's just a, it's a, it's a special thing that once you leave, it, it, it just brings you right back. You know, you'll, you graduate from URI, you have great pride. You want to see your school be successful. That's what I love about sports. That's why college sports is the best, man. It's, it's true, uh, Coach Reese, and, and a huge game happening later today against Quinnipiac. That game, 6 p.m., uh, is available on ESPN3, but you shouldn't be watching from home. You want to get out to the Ryan Center. You can get tickets for as cheap as $9. Reach out to Tyler Foley. Contact the Ryan Center box office to pick up those tickets. I know myself and Andrew will be sitting courtside screaming at the top of our lungs, uh, so you'll definitely be able to hear us on TV. Uh, but, yes, big game, Quinnipiac, and then – if Rhode Island's able to succeed, they'll be playing the winner of Maine versus Boston College. But as Coach Reese has said in this podcast, one game at a time, one game at a time. Uh, Coach Reese, thank you for joining us once again on Roadie Baseline. You've been awesome. We've had John multiple times now. You're, you're definitely the star of the podcast at this point. <laughs> with all oh, the thank, you. <laughs> thank you guys for having me. I love it. I couldn't wear my Roadie Baseline shirt because I'm on the couch sick it's upstairs i'm like i can't even get off the couch right now but um thank you guys so much for having me thank you all year long for your support and i'll give you the thumbs up and the the point when i see you at, at the game later all right <laughs> thank you thank coach. You, coach all right roadie baseline fans and with that that ends this episode of roadie baseline thank you so much for listening to us all year if you haven't done so make sure to follow us at roadie baseline on twitter instagram and facebook and we will see you guys tonight at the ryan center uri women versus quinnipiac 6 p.m on espn3 and also at the ryan center make sure to grab those tickets now and as always go roadie Thank you